Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. We've talked before about probable cause, and we've talked before about the idea, for instance, that uh, the police, uh, when they arrest you, don't have to tell you why you're being arrested. And so I've said before, also, they don't have to tell you other things about their investigation either when they arrest you. They can tell that stuff later to the court when the court requires it. So you might say, okay, Steve, that's interesting. What's up today? Well, <laughs> Josh sent me a note about a story from TechDirt.com. They do great work over there. Tim Cushing wrote this. Eight circuits as cops can come up with probable cause for an arrest after they've already arrested someone. So in other words, they can, in theory, arrest someone, discover probable cause later for the arrest, and then the probable cause will retroactively make the arrest good. That is wrong. But right now, it's what the court says, okay. So... The case, and again, the Institute for Justice was involved in this, involves a possible First Amendment violation, but somehow ends up with a judicial blessing of cops who make things up after the fact to justify an arrest that's already taken place. That's what happened here. This man was walking down a Missouri road when he was accosted by a police officer. And this is from the decision. So the officer stopped his car and approached the man and asked the man to identify himself. He refused and the officer put the man in handcuffs after nine minutes of argument. The man asked why he's being arrested, and the police officer wouldn't tell him. So <laughs> he wouldn't tell the cop his name, and the cop wouldn't tell him why he's being arrested. So that would appear to be no criminal act had been committed yet, right? And so the man was cuffed, and it would appear that he's being handcuffed in retaliation for his refusal to identify himself. So... Things get worse. On the drive to the sheriff's department, the officer again refused to say why he was arresting the man. And at one point he said, well, it's failure to identify. Now, that could have been a legitimate charge because state law there does allow officers to seek and ask for identification in certain cases, but not just all the time. So it says they shall have the power to stop any person abroad whenever there is a reasonable ground to suspect that he is committing, has committed, or is about to commit a crime and demand of him his name, address, business abroad, and whether he is going. Uh, And and it actually says whither he is going, where he is going. This is written like by Shakespeare. (laughs) Whither goest thou? (laughs) But it turns out that that's only good if you have committed or about to commit or etc. And so it couldn't be that he's arrested for failure to identify when there is no basis to require the identification. That doesn't make any sense. So to demand identification from the man, the officer would have needed to suspect that his walking on the side of the street was a criminal act. But he didn't consider that to be a criminal act, nor did he seem to have any idea whether any criminal act had been committed that would justify his demand that he identify himself or that the subsequent arrest for failure to identify made any sense, because none of that happened. So the officer arrested first and asked rather desperate questions later. Once at the station, the officer can be heard making a call to an unknown individual and saying he saw this, and I can't use that word, but it's, it's it's a profanity, walking down the highway would not identify himself. He then asked, what can I charge him with? 
So he's not even sure at this point what he can charge the guy with, but he's got him arrested, had him in handcuffs, and dragged him to the station. So without any predicate suspected offense, the officer could not demand the man identify himself. The man could not have possibly violated the law that the officer first thought he could arrest him for. The officer appears to recognize the fact, and that's why he's calling other people for advice, trying to reverse engineer probable cause. Meanwhile, the man sat in a cell for two hours until officers identified him via a credit card in his wallet, and they released him. So he filed a lawsuit claiming his First Amendment right to mouth off to a law enforcement officer was violated by the obviously retaliatory arrest that was completely unsupported by probable cause. Both the lower court and the appeals court say there was probable cause, even if the officer didn't know what it was at the time. (laughs) A Missouri statute requires pedestrians to walk only on the left side of the roadway or its shoulder-facing traffic, which may approach from the opposite direction. And so the man agreed there was probable cause to arrest him under this statute, but pointed out that this was much like a Supreme Court case where the court decided any probable cause for an arrest automatically defeats First Amendment retaliation claims. The justices in this case noted there are exceptions to the rule, like the sudden enforcement of laws law enforcement officers had never bothered to enforce prior to the retaliatory arrest. The parties agree that the officer had probable cause to arrest the man because the man was in violation of, in essence, the jaywalking statute. He was walking in the wrong part of the road. The man argues the facts in this case fit into the possible exception to the Supreme Court case because this is a situation where officers have probable cause to make arrests but typically exercise their discretion not to do so. The Supreme Court, in their case, gave an example of an individual who was arrested for jaywalking in an intersection where jaywalking is endemic but rarely results in arrest. Rarely results in arrest. While the individual is vocally complaining about police conduct. So the man relies heavily on the similarities between jaywalking and walking on the wrong side of the road to prove his point. And I understand I said earlier jaywalking is what he was doing. Technically, I believe jaywalking is crossing the street in the wrong direction as opposed to walking on the wrong side of the street. But quite frankly, other than the geometrical issues regarding angles, um, it's pretty much the same thing. Eighth Circuit says the cases aren't comparable. Uh, The man submitted no evidence showing the law enforcement agency routinely saw people violating a pedestrian law but chose not to enforce it. And as far as the court's counter-argument goes in terms of case specifics, it is correct. But that ignores the bigger issue, that the officer never once mentioned anything about the law or this man violating it. Instead, he opted for failure to identify and released the man once he'd been identified and also had called somebody going, what can I charge him with? What can I charge him with? So while the court may see this as a straight-up exercise of the Supreme Court's Neves precedent, that's the name of the case, uh, it ignores the fact the officer's own statements and actions showed he did not actually have probable cause to effect arrest, and all the justifications for the stop, detention, and arrest of the man were obtained after the fact. That's the bigger problem. By focusing on the law that went unmentioned by the arresting officer, The court is giving its blessing to cops who arrest first and seek justification later. I'm going to read to you from the dissenting opinion. Later events indicate the officer was scrambling to justify the arrest, while in the police car, the officer told the man he was arrested for failure to identify. He then changed his tune when he told someone via his police radio that the man was stumbling and walking on the side of the road. 
but he did say wrong side of the road. Yet the man was not stumbling or acting impaired. When the officer arrived at the jail with the man, he made a phone call in which he described the man as a, again, obscene word, who would not identify himself and ran his mouth off. He then asked, what can I charge him with? So he wouldn't identify himself and he ran his mouth off. What can I charge him with? Later, the officer falsely claimed that the man was drunk. The officer even admitted on multiple occasions that he did not smell anything on the man. Despite all this, the officer insisted the man sit here for being an a-hole. Roughly two hours later, he was released. So this is, as Tim Cushing points out, a situation of what we call contempt of cop, where somebody acts rude to a cop, the cop arrests the person, and later conjures up a reason as to why the arrest was good. And so this is a scary case because of the precedent it sets. And when they say things in the Constitution like, this shall not happen without probable cause, I think most people would read that and say, okay, for this to happen, there needs to be probable cause at that moment in time. Now, I understand someone would say, Steve, but wait a second. They're saying there was probable cause. The cop just didn't know about it. Well, if you allow the police to simply arrest people on the presumption that they can come up with probable cause later, we're going to start seeing anticipatory arrests. That is, let's arrest this guy and figure it out later. He, he's probably doing something wrong. He, he must have done something wrong. Or, remember, if he's about to commit a crime, and, and you can ask for identification, so maybe if we think we can come up with a great excuse as to why we think he may have been about to commit a crime, even though we didn't say it back then, we can say it now? It's just, it's a scary concept. It's a scary concept. So this is unfortunate. It's out of the Eighth Circuit. The Institute for Justice was involved. I hope they're going to take it up higher because this could create what we call a can of worms. <laughs> it's a legal term. I don't know what it is in Latin, but somebody can look it up for me. But uh, the Eighth Circuit says cops can come up with probable cause for an arrest after they've already arrested someone. And in the case on appeal, the police officer who made the arrest told the guy what he's being arrested for. It didn't make any sense. And then when he got to the station, he called somebody and said, hey, what do I arrest this guy for? What, what, what do I throw at him? This, this, I, I got to come up with something. He was, he was being an a-hole. Um, yeah, believe it or not, that's not illegal. <laughs> it's your right as an American to be one of those. But I digress. So this is a scary case out of the Eighth Circuit. Tech Dirt published that by Tim Cushing, and Josh sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments? And also, I'll put a link to the Institute for Justice in the description box. They do great work, and they need to do more great work on this case. And I'm sure they will. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. There needs to be an app that edits what I say versus what I want to say.